Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Project Power. Power. Speak a little loud. If there was a pill. I'll be better money. I'm coming at the power. That could give you five minutes. Spit it so they get it. I'm embedded with the power. A pure power. Would you take it? You don't know who I am or what I'm about, but I'll do anything to find that source. Listen to my voice. Am I lying? Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple. The next evolution of the human species. Here, take one of those before. It can make you strong. Make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. What's the plan now? Took something from me. I gotta get it back. Something? Someone. This thing is tearing our city apart. Your kid has something to do with it. Where do you think they got the formula from? They have my daughter. Maybe we can work together on this. What do you need? You still got the pills on you? It's about to get real noisy. So that's your power. First, we stabilize it. Then, we weaponize it. Power goes to where it always goes, to the people that already have it. They think they can just test their product on my city? We'll let them see what happens. I thought we were like Batman and Robin. No Batman and Robin, that's a movie. This is real life. We doing this. Tell me what my daughter is. It's time to rise. It's time to rise. You need anything else? No, I'm fine. Yes, you are. All right, everybody. You were just listening to the trailer for Project Power, and the story is as follows. A former soldier teams up with a cop to find the source behind a dangerous pill that provides temporary superpowers. The film is starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Dominique Fishback, Rodrigo Santoro, Colson Baker, Mohamed Tigar, Alan Maldonado, Amy Landecker, and Courtney B. Vance. It is written by Matson Tomlin and directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Josh Parm. Hello, hello. And welcoming back to the show, you previously heard his voice on our Boyhood 2014 retrospective review. It is Isaiah Washington. What's happening, everybody? All right. So another week during this very unusual 
summer blockbuster season where there are no blockbusters. Netflix, uh, like the old guard, has delivered another blockbuster-type movie for us to talk about this week. And this one's got a pretty unique premise, all things considered. It's nice seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt back on the screen again after he took a break. And it's always good for Jimmy Fox to pop in every once in a while and remind us that he's still around. Academy Award winning actor for Ray, you know? Uh, But I think that, like, if anything, this was just a very slow week for movies in general with new releases. I don't really get the sense that there has been as much hype around this movie as there was previously, even with Extraction earlier in the year, like like that or The Old Guard. But there were some people that were chatting about this online, and uh, let's let's dive into it a little bit. I guess we could start off with Isaiah. What did you think of Project Power? All right. Um, well, I have a lot. Okay. Um, I think going into this movie, I really wasn't that excited because... Ever since post-award season, I haven't really been too impressed with some of Netflix's comp- content. Um, stuff like Coffee and Kareem, Extraction. Love Birds is technically not their film, but mm, the two main leads were the only great things about that film. And The Five Bloods, I, I respect that movie more than I love it. I, I respect it, but I don't love it. Kind of the way how some people felt about Roma. But with this movie... Um, it's definitely an improvement to most of the things I've seen from them. Uh, it's fun. It has some really intriguing, like new, not necessarily original, but new ideas that I thought the screenwriters must have had some fun in the writing room, like trying to come up with. Jamie Foxx, of course, he's Jamie Foxx. He's charismatic. He's really likable in this role. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's nice to see him back. I haven't seen this guy since, I want to say, Snowden, maybe? He pretty much took a break after Snowden, and uh, he was in another movie on Amazon called 7500. Yeah. Which was, you know, pretty decent, all things considered. But the whole point being, I think it's just good to see him back after taking a break for uh, what's been, I think, like four or five years or so. Yeah, and uh, there's definitely a lot of fun things to be had with this movie, but... I feel as though there are some things that kind of hold it back from being like up there, up there, kind of. It, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it released on Netflix and not in theaters. Sure, sure, I, 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 I get that. What about you, Josh? What did you think of Project Power? So, um, I have to say that watching this movie was, um, it wasn't all that pleasant for me, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I, I'm sorry, but for me, I actually thought this movie was pretty terrible. Um, and it's really interesting that, uh, watching this in very kind of quick succession to something like the old guard, which I actually thought for all of its issues was really interesting in terms of a character perspective. I felt very little of that here. I kind of thought that everything was rather generic and shallow in terms of their characters and the performances didn't really elevate it too much and it yeah i just sort of got to the end of it and just sort of felt like nothing of significance ever really happened in this movie and it felt very pedestrian to me and despite some occasionally impressive moments none of it really added up to um, an engaging action movie so i really didn't like it sadly yeah um i got to admit like at least with the old guard it was more than just a cool concept 
And Project Power to me is really just that. It is a cool concept and nothing more. I really don't think that they utilized it well enough to explore any deeper themes or go um, deeper with their characters. And I have to admit, like, even in the very beginning, I, I sensed there was something off with the rhythm of the dialogue, especially where I immediately was like, whoever these directors are, I'm sure they're very good with the camera, the visuals, you know, this is like in the first like few minutes in the movie. I'm like, I'm sure the visuals are going to be fantastic, but they don't know how to direct actors. And I think that showed in pretty much every single scene in the movie for me. I never really developed an emotional connection to any one of these characters. I was never fully invested in the story and the story that is presented that we are supposed to get like emotionally invested in. I just find it to be very overdone. Um, It doesn't have anything new uh, as far as character goes. It's really just this concept with cool visuals. Yeah. Um, I actually think that this movie overall is not very well directed. It it honestly to me felt like people like YouTubers from 2013 were given a movie and it feels very stylized in a lot of places, but kind of artificially so. It never really felt like any of the style was particularly well motivated to me. And I think that also in the way that these performances are handled too, it just seems like with a, and I think this is also a combination of the writing that just nothing ever really lands in a authentic way. And I understand it's like, it's an action movie. We aren't looking for a deep dive character study here, but I think you kind of still need to do the, the minimum to get us somewhat invested. And I don't feel like this movie does the minimum work to create characters that are at least somewhat compelling to that you are that you want to get even a little bit invested in. And also, too, I think there's something to be said for the first mm, 15 minutes or so of this movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand who our protagonist was. I didn't know who the antagonist was. I, I still kind of don't know who the antagonist is. We get like nothing from her. Wasn't yeah. revealed. Uh, it's not even so much that. It was just more like I didn't know. Uh, I didn't see much promotional material for this. I don't even remember a trailer, to be honest with you. I might have missed it the day it came out, in all honesty. But so I, I'm watching this and I'm like, is Jamie Foxx supposed to be the villain? Is he the mistaken villain? Is Joseph Gordon Lovett, you know, the villain and he's going to like turn or something, maybe? I, I, I like. I was very, very confused in the very, very beginning of this movie, and it just got off to such a shaky start for me that I don't think I was ever fully able to settle into the groove, even with some of these uh, set pieces. You know, you have that one set piece where uh, the one guy, I uh, can't remember his name now, uh, Newt, <laughs> is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he like he becomes like the human torch. <laughs> and there's like these cool fire effects and such, and well, you know, Matt, that was your, that was your favorite person. Uh, uh, who? That was Machine Gun Kelly. Oh fuck him! Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! Man, I don't like that guy so much that I don't even care to know what he even looks like. That I don't recognize him on screen. <laughs> but uh, seeing Machine Gun Kelly, now that I know that off the top of my head, now that I know uh, that that's who he was, seeing his uh, skin get burnt uh, was a, uh, I guess the one pleasurable aspect of this movie for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is not really the best when it comes to marketing their films. Not really. Uh, Some during like award season, maybe, but most of the time, not really. I, I don't 
I would agree that there are some really interesting com like uh, concepts, but I I think one of the harder things to get through this movie was the first fifteen minutes of the film. Uh, the the writing, the dialogue, the blocking, it just didn't work. I feel as though this movie got a lot better once we got towards a chase set piece with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. I think his name is, uh, here we go, Frank. That's when the film really started working a little bit more to me, where I got more invested. I Okay, so like that scene, for example, where he's chasing the bank robber, and the bank robber <laughs> is, uh, I suppose, like a chameleon, and he's blending in with the environment and such, and as a result, like he's invisible, but they can see the bags. So they're like following the bags. I mean, there's a couple of different problems I had with that scene. One was... I thought it was a little cheesy and I couldn't take it seriously that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was wearing a uh, a New Orleans Saints jersey the entire time. I don't know why. I get that the the movie takes place in New Orleans, but there was just something about that that I just thought was cheesy to me. Um, And then another thing, too, was I was a little confused at times about even the film's concept of taking the pill and you get powers for five minutes. I was like, well, is it a random power? Is it a power that is unique to you and if so every time you take the pill are you always going to get the same power and you know eventually all this became clear to me but there were other rules that i wasn't aware of because like that scene for example that robber is running down the street so fast like i started asking myself okay did he get like multiple powers because it just doesn't make sense to me that this like bank robber is running at that speed away from joseph gore and love it with those bags and like also having this like invisibility power of some sort. It, it was like very confusing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This problem, this movie has a problem with world building. I recognize that right up front and it doesn't ever take the time to kind of establish the rules that are going, that you're going into. And that is very frustrating from a storytelling perspective. And it just sort of seems like as it goes along, it tries to fill in some of those gaps, but it either happens too late for me, or it just seems like it's, convoluting this world even more and there's really not a great focus in terms of what we need uh, the information that we need to really get invested in the plot that's happening and, and that's very frustrating to watch. Once I realized the role dynamics and like who was supposed to be the hero and who was supposed to be the villain and like realizing okay I get everybody's motivations now the movie didn't offer anything else on top of that to kind of really set it apart. Like the old guard is not a perfect movie by any means. It still has some issues, but at least that movie was rooted within character and had a lot of lore and an interesting concept that to be honest, I think there's a lot of room for improvement when they inevitably do make a sequel. I have no desire to want to see a sequel to project power. It depends who the writer is to be honest. Uh, for me, I, I just don't care. I just don't care about these characters. I care about one character. There's one character that I definitely did care about, and that was definitely Robin. Dominique Fishback, yeah. Dominique Fishback's performance elevated that character way more than what it ever had, and she was definitely the standout scene stealer of the film. I there are times where I ask myself, okay, is she in a whole nother movie than what we're actually watching? Because this is the kind of acting that you would see in like art house type of stuff 
like and I because I think a lot of the things that she has been given what she has to deal with emotionally what her position in life is the struggle of her in poverty trying to take care of her mother I thought that was interesting and I think she really elevated that character way more than what it was given I'll give you some credit there and definitely admit that she is probably the best part of the movie for all the reasons that you just stated. I will give you that. But I also didn't really ever get the sense that I think I think part of the problem was that they because Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt get a higher billing than her and equal amount of screen time, if not more. And their characters to me um, were the dull ones. So you got two dull characters, one interesting character, and it just didn't it didn't balance out in the end. You see, I would definitely argue that I think uh, Dominique Fishback gives a really good performance in this movie, but that character is really badly written, and it's I think there's only so much that she can do to elevate it because it that character goes so passive in so many instances that it just really is a hindrance to get invested in her. And they give her this backstory of, you know, rather, as we said, being impoverished and wanting to try to make a better life for herself. She's got this talent that's sort of hidden away, but none of that is really explored to any meaningful way. And, you know, it's very similar to kind of like the Kiki Lane character in The Old Guard. You know, I don't mean to keep bringing up that movie, but it seems rather, (laughs) it seems kind of apt in terms of like these big budget spectacle action movies from Netflix. And to me, it's a very clear example of how one can go well and the other not so well, because you have this character in Robin who is sort of the audience surrogate, but there is nothing really to her. Like it's the bare minimum that we've seen in countless other movies. And they don't really ever do anything interesting with her interests or her agency within this film. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I would disagree to a certain extent, I think you are making some really great points, but another reason why I find her character so interesting, and you could say that this is also another con with the film, her her chemistry and relationship with uh, Art's character, I found actually intriguing, which can be a negative given the fact that she is more of an interesting daughter figure than the person that actually got kidnapped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, I mean, like, I don't want to spoil what happens at the end, but there's something that happens at the end in which it kind of felt off because we're having this whole journey with this girl and this man, father-daughter figure, and it kind of just feels anticlimactic, like a little bit wasted in in a way. But I will say that during the second act, 
little bit towards the end of the first act, that father-daughter dynamic I found very intriguing. Art was a character who was very desperate. They both kind of like needed something from the other, okay, old-fashioned, kind of typical buddy cop kind of thing. But I did find that intriguing. And that's the thing that's really frustrating. There are so many great concepts with this story. There really are. Like, honestly, in the hands of another writer, this could have been like, one of the most clever stories of sci-fi filmmaking in like recent years, something like on the level of like an edge of tomorrow. I, I actually agree with that because the superhero genre has been getting very stale lately. So, exactly. you know, this is a interesting idea in theory. It just didn't have a better film surrounding it. Agreed. So I'm really curious to know, Isaiah, what would be your superpower for five minutes? If you took one of those pills, Oh my God. My superpower for five minutes, and that's the thing, I can't have multiple, because I, I always wanted the powers of Captain America, but I can't do multiple. I mean, so if I had one, it'd probably be, this is so unoriginal because it's the main character, I would probably have the bulletproof. I think that's very, very helpful, being bulletproof, or like super durability, like, may, I may be, it's like the opposite of a glass cannon. I would want the durability and just have my normal average strength. That moment where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character gets shot in the head. Oh, God. And, you know, you see the slow motion effect of the bullet hitting him, like, directly in the face. Uh, that was pretty neat. I actually, that's like awesome. one of those effects moments in the movie where I was like, oh, like, some of the effects in this are, they, they, they could use a little bit of work. But that was one of them where I was like, oh, that was well executed and well done. So that was pretty neat. The VFX shots are, it's nothing like outstanding, like on a, like, because I know y'all were reviewing um, recently something like an Interstellar or like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of level, but there are some really creative VFX shots in this movie that I really was intrigued by and I found like very creative and like visually stunning in which it really served the narrative of the film. Uh, the uh, the Frozen Chamber, or as the one character oh. says, just like Frozen at one point. Ugh, hated that line. Oh. Uh, that, that action scene from the perspective of inside the chamber, uh, that was pretty, that was another, you know, interesting one. I don't know if it fully worked, but uh, I, I thought, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, disturbing. I, that is a scene that I think... It's one of those instances where they have a concept for how they want that scene to play out. And I think for the most part, they execute it the way that they want to. And the effects work in that moment is decent. I think a problem that I have with it, though, is that we get it from the perspective of this person that we don't know who yep. is like dying in a very horrific and kind of disturbing way. And I just Ugh. find that to shoot an action scene from that perspective is weird to me where like because you don't see any of the other action that's happening outside you are firmly in the perspective of this person that we don't know and it just seems like a very odd tone to to frame an action scene in i i appreciate what they were trying to go for but i don't think it was executed that well at all well, like i was saying before it's just it's action for the sake of looking cool and a cool concept and when it's not rooted in character and you don't have uh, a compelling enough reason to care in those scenes, your mind is going to start wandering uh, in terms of looking for flaws, right? And that's exactly what that scene represents. It's a cool idea. It's a cool concept. 
in theory. Mm -hmm. But to your point, Josh, if I'm not invested emotionally in what's going on in that scene due to the weak writing of the uh, screenplay or the poor direction, then, you know, you you can have all these cool visuals in the world. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, just go watch a YouTube video or or, or something, (laughs) you know. The action is so hit or miss. Like there are there are actually scenes where I was really entertained on the edge of my seat, like no cap. Like there's a scene where uh, Frank, his character is fighting this guy who has like, uh, I want to say like quadruple jointed, kind of like he's able to like merge his bones. Like I guess his, because some of the powers reflect off of animals and I guess he reflects off of an owl, I guess. I'm not sure. But uh, I thought that scene was really well shot. I saw what was going on and I was really entertained. But then scenes like the beginning where he's basically fighting the human torch or some people would also argue like Killian from Iron Man 3, um, it was kind of hard to follow. And I saw where a lot of people made criticisms of like this whole like you're making all these extreme close-ups to these action set pieces. And it really is... It's really sad because you could tell that people actually train. You have a uh, stunt ensemble. You have actors who are doing things, but you can't really see it. It's kind of like that criticism that people have with the Born Ultimatum to where it's all this like, extreme close-up. You can't really tell what the freak is going on. It's not even about the editing. It's really just, just the way how it's shot. I just wasn't a big fan. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And not only that, too, but like that scene where um, uh, the scene where Rodrigo Santoro like gets huge. Oh God. Oh my God. I was wondering the whole time. I was like, is someone going to have a power at some point where they're going to just like grow and become a freaking giant, you know? <laughs> and sure enough, it did happen. And I was like, Oh my God, this movie has just become like a video game, like boss battle type of story. It's so wasted. <laughs> yeah. Like the guy just basically, he doesn't have it for long and I'm not going to spoil what happens, but it definitely cuts short. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But the movie then doesn't really have the tone to maintain that. Like, if this wanted to be just sort of all out, goofy, uh, not taken seriously at all, we're just like having a good time showing off some weird powers. Like, I could be into that. But there's sort of a self-serious tone that is running throughout this movie too that wants you to take it seriously on some kind of an emotional level. And it doesn't put in any of that work so we don't get any good characters but then at the same time we can't at least for me i don't even revel in the spectacle of it because it doesn't really go all in with that tone either it, it's like half measures in both worlds to me mm-hmm. yeah yeah i will give the movie credit for making me laugh once uh and that is a ridiculous line where uh they're talking about the invisible guy, the transparent guy, like running around and cops get on the walkie and they're like, suspect is male, possible Caucasian. Shit. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> there, oh my gosh. The, the comedy, another thing that was kind of hit or miss. There were actually some pretty funny lines. I, I think Jamie Foxx is hysterical. I don't care what he's in. Like if he's done something where it involves jokes, I think the guy is hysterical. Um, and there was some banter between him and Robin that I thought was pretty cute. But this is like another in a long line of Jamie Foxx performances that you can definitely look at in recent years. And it's just unmemorable. He he was there. He existed like sleepless. Y'all remember sleepless? 
I didn't even watch that. Exactly. Watch that. That's my point. It came and it went. You know, Robin Hood oh, is the number one. God. <laughs> you know, and every now and then in a supporting role, he shines like in Just Mercy or in Baby Driver. Yeah. Hell, I know that some people don't like this at all. I actually kind of enjoy him in Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Electro. Ooh. But, you know, horrible bosses. He's a supporting player in that and he really kind of shines, you know. Um, I, I think like his time as like a real leading man was definitely that 2000s era. And then Django Unchained, obviously, in the early 2010s. But ever since then, I find that his most compelling work has always been when he's uh, more of a supporting player than anything. That's why I think Collateral is his best role in his career. Yeah, it's definitely one of them. And I, I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, final thoughts on Project Power. Uh, Josh Parham. Um, yeah, this is a movie that I am pretty negative on. There's not a whole lot that I found redeeming about it. Like I said, from a character perspective, I thought it was very lacking. And even the action, it, to me, the action was just so poorly directed and shot and executed that I really couldn't even get into that. Um, but I will say two good things about the movie. One, uh, whenever somebody took the pill, you kind of get these very experimental um, sequences of like the eyes going crazy and the skin bubbling up and all that. And I thought those were very well done. It, yeah, they're very brief moments. But in terms of having a concept that seems ra- rather unique and interesting and executing it, I thought that was one of the few times where I actually thought they were successful. And I wish more of the movie had kind of been like that. But I'll acknowledge it where it is. And the other thing that I will say is, you know, wasn't really enjoying most of this movie, but for about uh, two minutes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt took his shirt off, and the movie briefly got out of its tailspin for me. <laughs> for the record, I don't know how, I really don't know how, you can sprint down a street in a towel like he was and catch up with a moving vehicle like that. That was ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's more of this movie just not making sense, but you know what? It had that going for it, at least. And But when I'm looking for that, if that's your redeeming quality about your movie, it's, there's not a whole lot there to begin with. All right, Isaiah, what about you? All right, I'm kind of on the other side a little bit. I thought this movie, it's, it, it's, it, I feel as though if I saw it in a theater, I would have been more disappointed. But the fact that I saw it home, I actually was a little bit more um, gracious towards this movie. Uh, it has some fun action set pieces i really enjoy the three lead performances even though two of those characters are not really that well written um especially frank they try to make his character so cool i understand he's the cop that everybody wishes we had in this world especially compared to some others but no he was like the cowboy trying to be the coolest dude in the room kind of guy i'm I'm glad it was joseph gordon levitt because if it was anybody else i probably would have been very disappointed uh, the VFX, I thought, were amazing. Some really clever concepts. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, there's even a social commentary that this movie tries to pull off where I was just like, okay, if this was written by somebody else, like, this would really, really work. Uh, this whole wolves versus sheep kind of thing that we've seen in other uh, types of cop movies. And, like, it takes... And I really enjoy how they kind of did it with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, like, becoming a wolf to catch the wolf in order to protect the sheep. And uh, just making that a little bit animal analogy, because that's what the film's narrative and themes kind of surrounded with these pills. I 
really had a good time after the first 15 minutes. Some bad moments of writing. I can't remember the villain's name to save my life. <laughs> but I think the performances, some action set pieces, and some chemistry moments make it more on the mixed positive side for me. Okay. All righty. And for my final thoughts, um, Bridges of Madison County joke, good. I would like that. Even though it's poor dialogue, I just was happy that uh, that film got a mention in, in there. That was that was a nice surprise. Uh, I also want to call attention to the way that Jamie Foxx opens the door to Newt's apartment. Uh, they know where to break in. Oh. One of my biggest fears in this world are home invasions. So that terrified me. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I wish I had more to say. Um, I guess that scene in the classroom, I just remember watching that and thinking to myself, wow, this is so poorly written that they're going out of their way to just make this teacher look like a complete asshole. And then she gets up and she raps in front of everyone. The class goes crazy. And I was like, all right, that was pretty neat, but this all feels so unrealistic. So I was like, oh, okay, thank God when they, you know, then show the audience that it was all taking place inside of her head. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> woof. I mean, I mean, listen, there were, there were, that was still early in the movie where I was still giving the movie like some leeway. And then after a while I was like, nope, this is all just bad. And it's not coming together. Good concept, just weak writing week directing and something that like i said we're talking about this week but next week we'll be on to something else and so will the rest of the world am i lying no you tell me no uh i'm giving it a three out of ten josh what about you uh i'm gonna give it a two out of ten to be honest i i I really did not like this movie. It's kind of just full of nothing to me. And there's like the way that I kind of think about it, it's like you get a bag of chips and then you open it. But then there's only just like a few crumbs at the bottom and most of it is air. It's like there's some very, very tiny things that are enjoyable. But for the most part, it's just so devoid of anything that I enjoyed that I I walked away really, really not being a fan. All right, Isaiah, what about you? What's the great out of 10? I'm probably going to be the highest score. I'm going to give it a six. I have I had some fun. The actors really elevated the characters more than what it should have been given credit. I love superhero movies, stuff like the Marvel stuff. I love that. I love creativity with powers. I think they really do that with some sequences in this movie. Uh, it's really just all comes down to the writing, which just sucks because I think the writing is the most important part of a film. And I, I think that a lot of what you could do creatively comes from that area. It's like the nucleus of, of like a, a certain form. And I'm kind of very extremely nervous. And I think we all should, because this guy who's writing this film, he's going to be the co-writer for Batman. And I'm kind of, yeah, but Batman has nervous. Matt Reeves also writing and his track record is pretty incredible. So that is true. Yeah. So I'm going to give him another chance. I'm going to give him another chance. I'll, I'll, you know what? Yes, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But um, if this was if somebody else decides to make a sequel and that person has a better kind of like more better track record when it comes to writing, I think I can give this concept another chance. But it's I, I agree. It's on the I'm probably going to forget about this movie probably in a month. Probably. And the Oscars won't even pay it any attention. So awards potential is like zilch for this one. Yeah, no. Absolutely. I will say one thing. 
out of all the things I've seen this year, it's not saying much. This does have the best VFX I've seen this year. Like when I compare this to something like Sonics or Bad Boys for Life, even though I love Bad Boys for Life, the VFX are the best I've seen this year so far. But I probably will see something better along the way. I don't know. I'm like in the middle. I feel like in a normal year, I wouldn't even be paying any attention whatsoever. But given this year and the way that things have gone, you know, it could be a shortlist contender for all I know. Maybe. Yep, I can see that. I can see that. But beyond that, no. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I land on that. All righty. Isaiah, thank you for taking the time to join us for this review here of Project Power. Tell everyone that's listening where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at I-Z-A-B-O-D-13, capital I. And you can find me on Instagram at lights underscore camera underscore view underscore it. All righty. Thank you very much. Josh Parham, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at J-R Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Project Power here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.